Welcome to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. Got a, another special guest in the house today, Dr. Michael Torrance, president of Motlow State Community College. Welcome to the show, Doc. Hey, thank you for having me, Sam. It's, it's a pleasure to be here, and I don't know if I'm a special guest. I don't know how special I am, but I, I appreciate being with you today. Well, you're, you're special to me, that's for sure. So, <laughs> Uh, had you on the list for a long time. I, I know you got a pretty extensive uh, background in sports, and then man, where it has gone with you and what you've done in the world of education. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but uh, really interested to hear about growing up and and what sports meant to you, and and learn a little bit more about your family. So we'll start there. Uh, all the folks out there, let's introduce them to your immediate family. Oh well, I, I have. You know, everyone would say that they have arguably the best family ever, right? <laughs> but I, I truly believe that. Uh, my wife, Dr. Jamie Torrance, uh, who works at Upperman High School, uh, taking care of lots of people's children uh, and helping them navigate the educational system in a healthy, uh, active, and participatory way uh, so they can be productive members of society. Uh, and then my daughter, uh, Anna Torrance, is at um, Tennessee Technological University. Currently, she's finished her chemical engineering degree, and now she's pursuing a nursing, an accelerated nursing uh, degree. And I'm, I'm really excited about uh, her future uh, and what she's going to do uh, with herself. And then my son, Jack, is a eighth grader and getting ready to transition to Upperman High School. Um, he is, I always say that he's the, 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 the complete order of myself, my daughter, and my wife. Uh, he's funny. Um, he thinks he knows everything, and uh, <laughs> he, he likes to let his sister know that. So it's always fun tit-for-tat ping-pong uh, with the two of them at the dinner table. So a couple of things there, and we'll get into your parents here in a minute. A couple of things there. So your wife, Dr. Torrance, has a brother that coached at Murray State and uh, has recently taken a job at Louisiana State University, so he's in the big time in the SEC. But I'm going to tell you, he was pretty big time at Murray, you know, starting out, well, actually before Ja Morant, yeah. but, uh, you know, really turned that program around and, and turned it into, uh, into a perennial winner. Uh, it's got to be kind of cool having him in your family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we both played uh, in college and having conversations about you know, what sport means is really where our conversations go. You know, he's the CEO of, of what he does. Uh, and, and I'm lucky and fortunate enough to be the CEO of what I'm doing. So our, our conversations really go around values. Uh, they really uh, revolve around um, not so much strategy and X's and O's, uh, but uh, the politics of people, um, making sure you find the right people to fit within the fabric of the culture that you're building and how difficult it is to make sure that the young men that you have a chance to mold and build, uh, connecting with their families, some single mothers, some full families, sometimes uh, the grandparents uh, who are taking care of those young men, uh, building trust and how important those parts of the, the value and belief systems are. Because, you know, as, as we like to talk about uh, this idea of buying in versus belief systems, if you can buy it, you can sell it. And, and who wants someone who is not committed and convicted to the way in which you approach the work you do every day or the sport that you play or just, you know, organizational culture. But if you can move people to a belief system, then it becomes a part of the value system. And then you get to the, the, the commonalities around being elite, being excellent, uh, and move away from 
I could do with it or I could do without it. Uh, it's really important conversations. Yeah, it, it amazes me and, and everyone I talk to that has a sports background and, and how uh, their job parallels, the expectations of their job now parallels what they dealt with in sports as they were growing up. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, pretty cool there. And uh, Anna's at Tennessee Tech. It doesn't seem like she's been there long enough to already have her chemical engineering degree. Yeah, it, it, the time flew by after she won the gold ball at Upperman uh, with Coach um, Dana. That's what they like to call it. Yeah. Uh, but everyone in the Upper Cumberland knows who, who Dana is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's kind of like she is her own iconic self with just one name. You know, Dana. <laughs> it's like Madonna, right? Exactly. You know who that is. <laughs> um, but the transition for her away from playing, uh, I think she was ready for that. And yeah. uh, she took that same kind of mentality uh, as well. Simply, you show up every day to do what you're expected to do. And not everybody can score all the points. Not everybody can pass all the balls. Not everybody gets to uh, do that part, but everybody gets to do their part. And uh, she's been wildly successful. I couldn't be more proud of of what she's accomplished on her own, uh, focusing on studies and uh, knocking her degree out in, in quick fashion and now pursuing something else. We're talking to Dr. Michael Torrance, president at Motlow State, and Jack coming up uh, you know finishing eighth grade here in a very short time and uh you'll have the summer and and what sports is he interested in and, and uh, going into upperman high school what what is his interest yeah he's addicted to basketball like the rest of us and no surprise uh, his his <laughs> his middle school team at upperman middle this year uh, went undefeated up until uh, the state championship game which is uh, a good and bad thing um, i think that you know, through sport uh, he has learned, we learn, uh, the listeners learned that being undefeated and getting to that final hurdle and, and you just don't get it, you know, you, you didn't get the gold ball, that that brings you back um, humi- humility. Uh, it brings you to a place where you get to reevaluate uh, how committed you are to something. And you know, he and his teammates have learned some valuable lessons, I would say, over the last three to five years. They've been together for about a decade. Uh, since they were four years old, they're all about 13, 14, 15-year-olds now. So for me to watch uh, him grow and his his commitment to getting better um, and the lessons that he's learning, it's the same lessons that I learned, that his sister learned, that his mother learned, um, it's 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 awesome, awesome to watch. And uh, in the classroom, I'm, I'm super proud of him. He's, he's taking care of his business there, and we have a, a real understanding about balance that I don't want him to just be committed to playing basketball. Uh, I want him to be committed to being the best person he can be, just like I want his sister to be the best person she can be. And it's about the value. You you use the balls that you play with, whatever sport that is. You use the ball. You don't let the ball use you. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so let's move into your, your folks. We're going to concentrate on uh, little Michael for a little <laughs> while. So. Tell everyone where you grew up. I grew up in the south side of Richmond, Virginia, um, on 4245 Lamplighter Court. I still remember uh, the place. Um, It was right after we moved out of the city proper um, from a place called Broad Rock uh, in Highland Park um, in the north side to the south side. So the the sport was different because the, the blacktops are always the same. It's 10 feet. It's 15 feet from the uh, line to the to the rim. And it just, it was a little bit tougher. Uh, th- those kids were a little bit hungrier. 
I won't say they were mean. Uh, I have, you know, scars and things like that, bruises to prove it, uh, but it was tougher. And just because you were a certain age, no one took it easy on you. If you were going to step onto the, to that playing court, then you got what you got. So uh, great, great competition growing up. Lots of uh, fond memories and uh, uh, nicks and knacks to, 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 to show and prove that I made it through. Oh, I'm sure. No doubt. So tell us uh, your, your mother and father. Yeah. So um, my mother, Janet, um, when I was a kid, she would <laughs> Sam, she would actually hold her arms out on rainy days uh, because she wouldn't <laughs> let me go out in, in the rain because I'm, I'm an only child. So she, she would let me she wouldn't let me go out and she would hold her, her hold her arms out like a basketball rim. And she would let me shoot uh, a real basketball, um, you know, to, to and I, I was trying not to hit her in the face or hit her in the forehead. Uh, but but that's how committed my committed my mother was uh, to me, staying at it. I guess that's um, awesome, and and that shows uh, that maybe I was a little bit obsessive compulsive uh, before <laughs> I knew what that was. That hey, I have to do this every day. Um, my, my dad played in high school. Um, he was also a pretty solid player, um, but but I beat him in middle school, so I I can't say how you know he wasn't like awesome or anything. But but he was a solid player, and I, I learned a lot because I would travel with him. Uh, he didn't. My mom may not. She may still not know this, that uh, her shift was a three to eleven shift at Philip Morris in Richmond, and my dad would take me with him to play basketball at night, and we would play from seven thirty to sometimes ten thirty or eleven on school nights, and I got to play with the grownups, you know. And I, I, like I'm a little little kid, but they let me come out there and play. If that was good or bad, I don't know. If that's great parenting, I don't know. But I was where I wanted to be, and I was with my with my dad. So I, I don't think it was such a bad thing. That's pretty cool. Only child, it seems like a a good thing to do for a, a dad and a son to go out there, and he's just giving you opportunities to get better. That's yeah. that's what it was. And along, I'm sure uh, knowing you, as long as your grades were okay, and and you were doing good there, he's probably happy to do that, no doubt. So um, real quick. Uh, You've been around Cookville for a long time. So growing up in a place like Richmond, how is it different than what you're seeing here in Cookville? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, being in a metro area growing up and, and being in uh, a burgeoning, like, you know, Cookville continues to grow uh, since I came in 2002 and left in 2005 and then came back in in uh, 2013. Uh, it's grown leaps and bounds. Uh, the The biggest thing I would say that's, uh, different um, is I, I think I like the people here better <laughs> than, than I do in Richmond. And I always say that Richmond is a great place to visit. Obviously, I still have great friendships uh, from the, the guys I grew up with. Uh, and, my, and my parents are both still in the Richmond uh, in the surrounding areas. So the biggest difference is um, I like the, the slower pace here. And I don't think there's anything wrong uh, with, with saying that out loud that, you know, I appreciate the fact that to some degree, um, you can leave your doors unlocked in some places. Uh, your, your neighbors come over and actually bring you. Uh, I have neighbors who bring me sourdough bread that they make. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not something that I experienced growing up in sure. Richmond. Uh, a little bit grittier uh, and, and definitely uh, navigating different kinds of pitfalls that I don't think that our kids have to deal with here. Awesome. We're talking to Dr. Michael Torrance, again, president of Motlow State. We're going to get into his athletic career when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. 
What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. Again, talking with Dr. Michael Torrance. We're going to get into his athletic career. I'm real anxious to hear about this. I've, I've known you a long time. Never got to play ball with you, unfortunately. Maybe that'll still happen. I don't know. This hip's, this hip's coming around. It's getting, <laughs> Mine too, it's my friend. Better. Mine too. Um, but, you know, with, with every great story is a great foundation. I don't care what you're building or, or what it is. That foundation has to be tough. So um, And it has to be well-built. Your foundation, you've already talked about growing up in, in Richmond, maybe a, a little bit tougher area, uh, a little bit more metro area than what we experience here in uh, Cookville. Um, but that gave you your foundation. So how did that start? What age uh, did you start competitive basketball? Well, I mean, from the time I could pick a ball up, really. Uh, I, had, I had two uncles, you know, my mother's older brothers, um, Stephen, uh, and called, they called him Donnell, and then uh, my Uncle Al. They weren't big you know, athletes in, in school. Uh, my Uncle Al actually was in a band. And my Uncle Steven, uh, I think he just thought he was cool. You know, <laughs> butterfly collars and, you know, really liked to dance. You know, so Yeah, well, just, what's wrong with that now? You know, nothing wrong with that, but dancing's not a sport. Well, now it is. Sorry. Not, whoever's listening to that, dancing is a sport. I'll take that back. I'll take that back. Dancing is a sport, and it's a competitive sport, and it's hard. You know, it's, it's hard to do that. Uh, but that's what my uncle liked to do, and— uh, but I loved watching football. I loved watching basketball uh, as, a, as a little guy, like literally glued to the television. So they would take me to different parks, uh, Broad Rock, Shimmerazel, uh, the Northside Park by Hen- in Henrico, by Henrico High School. Um, they would take me out to courts uh, up in D.C. Um, so as a little person, I'm driving around in this mysterious van that my uncles had, and, and they were taking me to different places to play. And literally, I would spend all day outside. Like, I would cry if they like, called me and they pulled me off. It's, like, it's dark. The, the lights are on. You have to leave. <laughs> and uh, my, my mom, who, who worked, and, and she would let me spend a lot of time with my uncles. So I spent a lot of time with them on the weekends. And that's what we do. Like, I always had a ball in my hand. Um, and they said, don't forget, you got to dribble with your left hand, got to with your left hand. So I became more, uh, adroit or adept or better with my left hand than my actually wow. right hand. And that was from a really early age. So it was a good thing that was probably not intended. Uh, but the, the, the consequence of that was I was able to play ambidextrously, um, elementary school, middle school, high school. Can you think of any 
better training ground for somebody who wants to play ball. Probably didn't know what you were going to be doing at that time, right. but man, think of the skills, especially with older players, right. you know, that you picked up. Yeah, I always, always had a chance to play with the older guys. In elementary school, it was high school and grown men. Uh, in middle school, grown men. In high school, and high school pros uh, and college players. Um, and pretty consistent. I mean, on the daily basis, these courts were filled. You know, Rockwood Park was the place to go when I was growing up uh, in, in Virginia. People from VCU, UVA, Delaware, uh, D.C., uh, people come up from North Carolina, like all over the place. They come and play here. It, re- it reminds me of the, the movie, I think it was Woody Harrelson was in, and White Man Can't Jump. They gave a, they gave a good look at, uh, and I call it street ball, but I mean, they would have people visiting, you know, from other communities to come in, money on the game, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that when they got older. I think that gave people a good look at the competition that existed in a situation like that. It's, it's awesome. Got to oh, be awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the only time I have uh, scars, or broken bones, or, or playing uh, at, at those courts. Uh, broke my right hand because I got an elbow in it at one time. Uh, I think I was in sixth grade, but we were playing with adults, and this guy threw an elbow, cracked my the back of my hand, broke my hand, uh, six stitches in, over my left eye, um, just cuts and bruises and scrapes, uh, bruised ribs, all that good stuff. But there was nothing like playing against those the, the older competition. We're talking to Dr. Michael Torrance, president of Montlow State, young basketball player. And, you know, you talk about the injuries and, and growing up around the older guys. And we talked about a little bit of the experience and the competition that, that gave you. Um, I'm wondering, um, height-wise, were you a, a kid that grew high early? Like I was I was 5'8". I'm 5'9 now. I was 5'8 in eighth grade. And I didn't I didn't grow anymore. Is that Were you that way or – no, I, I grew pretty steady, uh, and, and even in college, uh, I, was, I was still growing. So mm-hmm. um, it was I was never the biggest guy on the court. Yeah, I was always in the middle, the the the, the point guard, and that's the that's what I did: distribute. And then I got to a point where um, when you work at something, you want to show that off. So I shot religiously. I shot before school. I shot at school. Um, got to the point that. You know, my high school coach, Mike Sutton, who coached here at Tennessee Technological yeah. University, um, maybe he wasn't supposed to. I did to. not know that was your high school coach. Yeah, that was my wow. high school coach. Um, he, he would allow me entree into the gym uh, before school. And uh, during my junior and senior year, I had an extra free period. I was his aide. I was in the gym. After school, I was shooting. So religiously, um, making 300 through a, to 1,000 shots a day. Uh, over my high school career, from the time I was a sophomore till I graduated, um, and you, you know you can do the math on that, and that's what I talk to younger players about, specifically my son. If you are committed to something, and what does it mean to be elite? Uh, e- elite means that you're willing to do things that other people are unwilling to do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this right now because you you kind of mentioned it. Uh, I always ask coaches and players about this. Um, that is incredible work ethic in and that's individualized within yourself you're wanting your longing uh, people come in sometimes and we talk about kids today right. so tell me your thoughts 
Uh, let me tell you mine first. Okay. Um, I don't think kids change. I, I think kids are kids. And, you know, we liked a certain music. These kids nowadays like a certain music. Right. Um, I, I think the expectation of the children and the life at home and the expectation at home in the family unit is what's changed the kids. Now, your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree with that. Um, there's a, in, in my house, uh, in our house, uh, there's an expectation. And it's, it's very simple. It, it's not mathematical. Uh, it's not a calculation. It is simply do your best. And, and it's, it's like when you ask a group of people, what does now mean to you? Some people will say it means immediately. Some people will say, well, I'll do that at the close of business. Some people will say, well, I'll get to that before the end of the week. Um, but when you think about a commitment to doing your best, I think that's different for everybody. We're raising our children to understand that do your best means that if you sign up for something, you start it, you finish it, and there's no excuses. Uh, the, the world doesn't allow us to wallow in our excuses. Uh, it, it allows us to recognize an opportunity, assess it, and make an adjustment to move forward. And, and so do your best. And so I, I would say that the kids today uh, have a, a great opportunity to learn that at home. And through coaches, it can be reinforced uh, if they're not getting that level of comprehension of what it means to do your best. They can get it through through sports. We're talking to Dr. Michael Torrance. We're going to take a quick break. And we're going to jump right back on that topic when we return. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. Got Dr. Michael Torrance in the house today. Continuing on our conversation, and I sum it up for you pretty simply with with my dad and my mom, my family, I had two rules. It's pretty simple. You you're, do your best. That man, that culminates in a lot of good. Uh, mine was your teacher or coach is always right. That's rule number one. Mm-hmm. Rule number two was if your teacher or coach is ever wrong, see rule number one. <laughs> so I mean, and he and he said it often, right. and, and you know, early I didn't understand that, but uh, basically, you do what you're told. And respect your elders, Absolutely. you know, and, and, and everything's going to be okay with me as my dad. Right. You know, the, the time came when I was in third grade and I challenged that a little bit. And uh, he came to school and and found out what was going on. And, and uh, he spanked me right there right. after I got spanked by, <laughs> by the principal, which he didn't know. And uh, I, I really began to understand yeah. those two rules at it, that time. It's an important uh, caveat. It's an important edict. It's an important maxim for kids to understand that we've already been their ages. And there's this idea that it just comes naturally. It, it just happens organically. And being really good at something doesn't happen just because you wake up in the morning. There are people who are just physically, biologically more gifted than other people. That That's true. But exceptional means that they're willing to do the work, commit to the work. Uh, and it could be that can be academic because I like to call the kids who don't play sports. They're my academic athletes. Right. You know, they're doing well in the classroom. Right. Uh, but for the student athlete who has a great opportunity to project and hurl him or herself uh, to places. Uh, Coach Sutton would always use this this adage. adage. He would say, Michael. 
use the ball. Don't let it use you, as I said before. And he always say, have jump shot, will travel. And the first couple of times he said that to me, I was like, what are you talking about? If you have a great jump shot, if you're willing to put the work in, where consistently, from no, from, from no matter anywhere on the floor, you can hit this shot. Having a great jump, jump shot will allow you to travel to places that you've never even thought that you'd be able to go. And he was absolutely right about that. No doubt. Loved, loved Coach Sutton. Didn't get to know him real well, but uh, I knew him enough to you know, be able to talk to him, wait lunch a couple times. Great, yeah. great guy. He's a good human. So you go into high school, and uh, Coach Sutton ends up being your coach. Um, preparation, no doubt, was intense um, for you and all the practice and the mentality that you had to get better. Um, so you go in, I guess it was a ninth grader at your school at that time, or was it 10? Uh, 10th grader. Actually, I went to a, a, an all-boys prep school, boarding school in the ninth grade, and then came back home. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you came back. Coach Sutton was the coach. Yes. You walk in as a 10th grader. Uh, you're going to tryouts the first day, and Coach Sutton's the coach. Fill us in on that first day. Oh, wow. Well, um, he got a jump start on where I was going to go back to high school because I had a choice between a couple, and he actually uh, came to see me play at Five Star. Five Star was a thing back then, and uh, you know, I ended up being MVP. Uh, of of the division and uh, MVP of the All-Star game and had a great conversation with him about what I wanted to do. Early on, I really knew I want to play at the next level. Um, And so the first day of practice, it's it's seniors, right? They put their time in and fair or unfair, um, skill will take you where you need to go and you can't hide it. You can't hide from it. So there were lots of things that I had to literally fight for. Uh, and not back down uh, to older folks uh, who were already there, had already established culture, trust amongst each other. Uh, and that first day was, all right, we're going to roll it out and we're going to see uh, where, where, where we land. And uh, uh, I played a lot. I'll just say that. I played a lot uh, that, that sophomore year and uh, earned my stripes and earned the trust of my teammates. And, and we had a good year, we had a good year. So going into your junior year, you know, recruiting's changed a lot, but uh, identification of athletes um, that are out there playing it hasn't changed in a long time. Um, so you go into your junior year, I'm sure if it's probably an oddity uh, for someone to get to play that much ball in their sophomore year unless, you know, you take a look at Michael Jordan and you make the team. Right. I mean, that's incredible. Um, so you're on the team, you made the team as a sophomore, you, you had to pick up some notoriety uh, and folks when did you know that college was going to be something that, that you're going to be able to attain as far as basketball at the end of my sophomore year uh, being invited to the various camps that the top whatever kids w- would get invited to so I, I ended up going to places like uh, Georgia um, Ohio and then Honesdale and then again the the Radford five-star camps then I started playing AAU uh, and this was the early days of mm-hmm. AAU where I played with a, a local Richmond club. Uh, the Squires running Geeches was the name of one club. And then I also played with the Richmond club. Um, that Richmond club had, you know, four or five star uh, guys that went on to play at UVA as well as a host of other uh, guys that went on to play at UVA and in SEC schools, ACC schools, Atlantic 10. <clears throat> and I was just happy to, to be a part of that. I mean, you can't, you can't help but get better when you play against competition like that at least four to five times a week. 
But I, I knew at the end of my sophomore year that I had a shot, uh, but I also didn't rest on that. I knew that I needed to keep working. So I, I maintained that uh, focus on practice. But my practice changed from my sophomore to my junior year because the conversations I had with the, the ABA long-distance uh, champion, uh, George Lehman, Coach Sutton introduced me to George Lehman. When the, when the three-point line was 25 feet or something crazy like that, he held the record. And he talked about intentionality uh, behind your movements and understanding angles. So my, my scoring average went up uh, 10 points, I think, uh, from sophomore to junior year. I averaged 20, 20 a game as a junior. And then the letters started to flood, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, 20, 20 a game as a junior is a big deal. I mean, you don't, you don't see that a whole lot, um, depending on where you are, and especially in uh, probably the competition that you were dealing with in, in Richmond, too, was – was pretty tough to say the least. So recruiting comes along. Um, you started getting entertained, and and you know you know how it goes. End of the junior year, it really picks up, and then you know the offers um, start coming in. Nowadays, depending on the position you play, it, it could be early in your sophomore year. You know if they know and they want you, but you know times have changed a little bit in recruiting, and uh, the digital age has really <laughs> impacted. The recruiting. So you, you're finishing your junior year. You've had a great year. Um, who are the schools knocking on the door? Oh, man. Uh, SEC, schools, SEC schools like Alabama, um, Tulsa. I, I forget which conference they were in at the time. Um, I was receiving lots of mail from uh, West Virginia, uh, Temple, Duquesne, um, University of Richmond, Wake Forest. So if it was on the southeast, if, if it was east of the Mississippi, I was receiving mail from them. Some of the schools you mentioned are, are very high academic schools. It's a good time to touch on that. I mean, with your work ethic in basketball, I know the answer to the question, but everybody listening may not. Yeah. Uh, tell the folks out there why academics are so important nowadays. Well, the, 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 different, the differentiation between being an elite athlete and then being an elite student athlete uh, changes your trajectory in life, meaning that if you can go to play at a Division One school and it's mid-major, high-major, and you play well, you may get the one-in-a-billion shot it is to play professionally in one of the major sports leagues, or you'll have to huff it around Europe or the globe, globetrot, uh, to make a living. When you have a great academic pedigree, uh, it allows you entree uh, into uh, some very different um, circles, and those circles uh, are tied to finance. Uh, they're tied to research. They're tied to think tanks. Uh, they're tied to um, moving you to master's level degrees or paternal degrees that allow you to literally change the trajectory of your life, your circumstances. So it's really important uh, to do well in school. And I have a, a good good story here. So this had this great junior year, right? Carried a, a great GPA. I think I had over a three point uh, three point GPA. But I didn't do well in a course. Mm-hmm. One course, one course. I won't name the course because it'll get me to talking about the <laughs> teacher-student interaction <laughs> and all that stuff. And you respect your teachers and you respect your coaches. Um, but I didn't do well. And so my mother decided that uh, basketball wasn't as important as my academics. Mm. And so during this year where my, my, my close friends went to the Nike ABCDC camp, the Adidas camp, uh, and became honorable mention and or All-Americans. Now, remember, I, I'm first team, too, like they are. 
my mother said, you're not going and sent me to summer school as miffed as I was, as disappointed as I was. Uh, and, and oddly enough, not at me, but at her. Right. Uh, when I should have bared the, the burden that it was my choices to not focus and get the help that I could have gotten that was free to get. Well, uh, they became all Americans and I did not. And uh, as the story goes, 20 years later, now I so much more respect that decision that my mother uh, made f- on my behalf uh, than, than I did at the time. Well, that, we're, we're definitely going to have to bring you back because I just barely scratched the surface <laughs> of, of your college. But let's go ahead and let everybody know where you ended up signing and playing ball. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm one of those lucky people who got a, a second shot. Uh, I signed with Campbell University in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. That was a part of the Big South Conference. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up transferring. Uh, in my first year to James Madison under Lefty Drizel. Oh, wow. So I ended up dropping out of school, and I had a football-basketball scholarship at JMU. I dropped out of school, and I went to the Air Force. Came back out of the Air Force and then signed with South Dakota State University in Brookings, South Dakota, and uh, had great success. Wow. Look at the travel <laughs> between those three changes in your life that you were able to get some great experiences like I said, you got to come back. So <laughs> there, there's only two people I've done a part two with, and, and you're <laughs> going to be one of them. So uh, Thank you. we'll bring you back. It's been a great conversation. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate what you do and how you care for students. Thank you, sir. And the lessons that you provide for them as you do your job. Thank you. Uh, there's not a whole lot of people that I can say uh, that do that along the way, and I appreciate you for that. Appreciate getting to know you um, over the course of the time. And, and, uh, Thank you so much on short notice for joining the show. Anytime. I, I appreciate it, and we'll, we're definitely going to get you back. Hey, as my mom and dad and grandfather and grandmother would say, you know, friends show up for each other. At the very least, I'll always show up. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, buddy. Have a good day. You too. All right. Awesome job, dude. Thank you, man. It's going to be a good one. Hey, Jack, I'm on my way, okay? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>